there. I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of Live Healthy, and this is the Live Healthy podcast. Each week we interview health and wellness leaders and talk about all the things that are good for you, which you can also read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women in the UAE. And now, here's this week's guest. Where are you right now speaking to us from? Adelaide, South Australia. And you are coming to the Dubai Active Show in yes. a couple of months. And what will you be doing there? I'm doing a boot camp. Oh. Wait, oh. high intensity boot camp. And I feel so excited about this because I'm like, you know, you know, you're not meant to like work towards one particular day, but because I just had a baby, well, I just say just had a baby eight months ago. It's like, it's the thing that I've like, put as my day of like, you know, I want to be on stage. I want to not be out of breath. Like I want to feel my strongest. So I'm like really working towards that day. So I'm excited for it. And we were talking before I started recording and I did do your workouts for quite a period of time and they are, they're hard. Kayla, they're They're very, very hard. But you know what? Like the backstory to those workouts, it it wasn't like I was writing a super hard program. It was that at the time when I was, I was literally a personal trainer in Adelaide and people were asking me what my clients were doing to get these great results. I was like, honestly, you're going to have to train with me. They're like, no, seriously, like, what are your clients doing right now? I'm like, I'll I'll write it down for you. Like, it was as easy as that. Like, I was just like, okay, well, this is what they're currently doing. These clients never left me. They were super advanced. Um, They were like the fittest they've ever been. So this program was like for someone who was training with me at like a really high level and then beginners started buying this guide and they were like you know what effort like I'm just gonna try it and they they literally use the guide to build themselves up even though it's an advanced guide um so I loved it Every, like everyone did it and everyone tried it which is why well, I liked it no that's what I did and I was a couple of times I thought I might throw up but I kept at it and it's not long they're not long so that I mean, that's what gets in your head because you're like, I can't stop now because like I've only got seven minutes left. Like I might as well just finish the seven minutes. I'll just go a little bit slower. Um, so yeah, it's only 28 minutes. It's like you it do. Yeah. 28 minutes. It's so great that it's not 30. It's just like mentally. <laughs> so, how, so how you have become massively popular. I mean, you have a huge platform, a huge profile. The Daily Mail covers you. How has this, I know I'm- That's not a measure of success. I feel that's just not right. <laughs> Sometimes some of the stuff that comes out, I'm like, that's not accurate at all. <laughs> I was going to ask you, what did the internet get wrong about you and the Daily Mail? Um, the fact that I apparently hired a professional hair and makeup team for my daughter's school photos. Lies! So I had work that day. And I had a campaign shoot for OG Kayla and I saw I had my hair professionally done, my makeup done, and Anna had to come with me because it was before school. Um, It was before school. And so she came to the hairdresser with me and then the hairdresser, like I was doing her hair while getting my hair done. The hairdresser's like, let me do it. And then she goes up to my makeup artist and said, Ali, can you put makeup on me? So Ali did like a little like fake makeup brush and I recorded it. I think it was the cutest thing I ever put online they're like Kayla it's in as high as social media I mean t- a team to do her daughter's school photos and I was like no one does that that's just and, and anyone, in- anyone, 
Anyone who hears that story and has known a little girl will know that that's exactly what would happen, right? Like that's exactly what happened. 100%. Okay. So mostly they get most things wrong. Um, So how has, how has your approach to fitness changed in the years that you've been doing this? Well, I've had two kids in since starting and it, I've just become so much more understanding. Like there's, I don't think there's, and I'm glad that I did it. Like I love the program and like what it did for women, but I think now being more understanding of like mums and the struggle, like that I needed, I needed a more um, holistic approach. Whereas I just went full bore, hardest, like do it. And like that works really well for some people, but like for the mums who were like new mums that were feeling so lost, that program made them feel um, like they couldn't do it. So then that's why I released pregnancy and post-pregnancy, low impact, like high intensity. And then I've got like high intensity strength. I have something for everyone now. Um, so I've like really grown with my community and we've got members now that are my age that were with me when they were 18. Like they've really sort of like grown with me, which is incredible. And with having children, I'm, are you talking about the physical things that happen to you when you have a children, have children and then also mental or the mental okay can you just describe for you yeah I just feel like for me totally different from Anna to Jax so these are my two kids Anna's four Jax is eight months Anna I had her and I felt when I say lost the most lost I've ever felt in terms of my body I had no idea what exercises I could do I had a cesarean so it's a major surgery um I was a personal trainer and I'm, I felt like I was meant to know these things but everything that I did every way that I moved hurt and I was so scared because I had this like really um, deep seated, like fear of injuries. I hate injuries. So I was just like constantly frightened. And then the first day I like mustered enough courage to go to a gym, uh, I was so weak and I had to get someone to physically lift me up back up off the floor. And I was just in tears. And then I wrote in my notes, like a journal to myself, when will I feel normal again? And I read that after I had Jackson, I like almost like it sounds silly, but like laughed at myself. Cause I was like, Oh my God, like just you should have just waited a few weeks and you would have been fine but your hormones are everywhere you've got a new baby like walking out the door was easy and then it's suddenly it's like you need like 10 different things but with Jax I was like this is fun I'm going to enjoy the sunshine and do nothing <laughs> let everybody recover and I feel really good but I think as a first-time mom you can read all the books you want listen to all the podcasts and everything but like when you're in it it is just screwed with your head so much okay and what about, what, what did you, did time just pass? Did you do anything? Did you, did you do any work to sort of deal with that? Or does it just pass? Does it just. No, it passes. Like I went to the gym and this was me because I wanted to feel strong again. And I felt a responsibility randomly. I don't know why to my community to, to get that strength back, to show them that you can have a cesarean and you can get that strength back. So I showed up and the greatest thing, I, lo- I love myself for this. I went to the gym and I didn't care how long I was there for. I just did something. So the first day I went to the gym, I had to be picked up the floor. That was two minutes. I was there for two minutes. And I decided for some idiotic reason to do push-ups. I don't know why I thought I'd do push-ups. I couldn't get off myself off the floor. I was like, why have I chosen push-ups as the first exercise? I just was just, my brain was scattered. And then I went to that next day. I was like, now I'm going to walk. And then the next day I was like, now I'm going to stretch. And then I'm going to walk again. And then I might try and pull something down and see how that feels. Anyway, I slowly built up, built up my confidence and got back to, you know, my previous strength or even stronger because I was more motivated. You talked about 
you talked about being really scared about uh, being injured. I've experienced that myself. I dislocated both my shoulders in um, yoga four years ago at the same time. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my God. I literally just got goosebumps on my arms. Yeah. I oh. think anyone who's been injured, you know, years ago, I was on a hike in Sri Lanka with this woman who had just healed her ankle and she stumbled off a rock and she flipped out. And I remember thinking, calm down, like, you know, but then I had never been injured. And once you've been injured, it's like it shakes something inside of you. Does this fear of yours come from injury or does it come from, and, and how do you deal with it? It comes from, like, so it would have started when I started playing basketball when I was a kid. Like, you wanted to be on, you never wanted to be on the bench. And, like, every time you got injured, it just felt like you are in a timeout. Like, it's a pun- it felt like a punishment to me. And then um, you always get these, like, niggly feelings. So I got smacked with an elbow right in the middle of my sternum and cracked my sternum. And, like, I have the biggest fear of, like, ribs, sternum, like, anyone, like, coming up to give me a hug too tight. I'm like, <clears throat> like, I hate it. And then um, it just feels like, it feels like you've been benched. Like, I don't know how to put it in any other way it's and I I find that with my clients I haven't personally had this well maybe once or twice but it's the back pain if you've ever experienced back pain lower back pain that's the one that's the most mentally triggering because it literally knocks out your entire body and you can't do anything it it is you feel disabled you feel it's it's horrible it's a horrible feeling how do you how do you work with clients to get over it how do you work with yourself to get over it so I like when my clients were injured like obviously you don't train with back injury. So that's why you feel so benched because like a trainer won't work with you. If you have a back injury, you have to go to physio. But like, if it's like, you know, like a tennis elbow, I will actively wrap their elbow dramatically in a bandage and be like, right, like mobilizing that area. You can't move it. Let's train around it. Let's do a lower body session. So they can mentally see their arm is knocked out, but they're, we're able to do like a lower body session and they're not moving their arm. So they're not thinking about it. Cause as soon as they go to pick something up, like even as a trainer, like you forget. So I literally actively wrap things in a white bandage. I do it on social media as well. Wrapping a white bandage, I'm like, let's not use it. Let's try something else. So I work around all injuries, but just backs are just. And speaking of having kids, a lot of women, their pelvic floor doesn't really bounce back and they just sort of live with it like that. Do you, in your programs, do you tackle that? And have you experienced it? What's your take on the whole thing? No. So I haven't experienced pelvic, too many pelvic floor issues, which I'm really lucky with. I don't know if that was due to me having a cesarean, not actually like pushing. Um, but people say that you can still have the injury or the like weakness while you're pregnant, um, depending on your pelvis. But I tend to like handball my clients to physiotherapists for that sort of stuff. And then certain exercises, the way that you're breathing and moving will target your pelvic floor, but there needs to be a pelvic floor trainer in the app like I want that for them but that's not me okay you'd get someone else to put that in the app a hundred percent it's so needed for post-pregnancy yeah um one thing I've seen in my lifetime is workout don't pay any attention to your cycle don't let it stop you in any way and now like that's what it was like when I was 29 it was and then I heard some girls at f45 saying uh, oh, I won't be here Friday because I'll have my period. And I wanted to turn around like a crazy lady and hug them and say, like, I'm so proud of you for paying attention and altering your cycle that way. But do yep. you, how do you adjust for that um, with your clients and with you? Or do you? Well, well, I'll be honest, I've got endometriosis and adenomyosis, which is the lining inside the lining, the muscle lining of your uterus. So mine is a complete knockout. If I have my period, it's a no-go zone for me for training for probably about two to three days. 
Um, that's not the case for everyone. Some of my clients, they're fine. They get the period. I've got my period. I feel great. It's really dependent on the person. I really think that there are some, um, t- there's a time in the month, which is like during a period that you can definitely just tone it down. I think that the pressure needs to be taken off women to work out every single day or to stick to their, their training schedules that they have planned for themselves because it's the easiest way to derail your motivation and 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 even your discipline because you try to do something time and time again and time and time again. But once you get your period, it's like you're constantly as a woman being derailed. Mm-hmm. Um so I just think, yeah, there is um, definitely times in the month um, that you need to just take it easy. Mine's actually my ovulation time. So when I ovulate, I hate it. It's my worst, most painful time. And then my period is not as bad, but I still take the time off because it's not fun. So I'm so understanding of that. If someone doesn't show up because they have their period, I'm like, yeah, you're right. It's all good. I'm curious, as you've evolved, when you get into the stages of perimenopause, I wonder if you're going to adjust or come up with programs for that. I always will. So no, where I am at that stage of my life is where the program is reflective of the program that I release. So with Anna, and everyone's like, well, you didn't release the pregnancy program with Anna. I'm like, that's because I didn't train. I was so sick with Anna. Her pregnancy was, the pregnancy was so bad that I didn't train. I had no, I couldn't even use myself as a guinea pig because like I'm not going to release a program that I haven't done myself. So I waited till Jack's, then I released the program. So yes. So when your hormones start going crazy, we can expect a pilot. It's seen it. Yeah. Like, and like, you don't want to offend anyone as well. When you like, it's really hard. You have to be really careful with your words. Cause there are a lot of people who are in their fifties. They're like, I'm, I run marathons. I'm like, like an, I'm a full athlete and it's like, why are you targeting? Why are you making us feel like we need a program that makes us feel old? Um, you know what I mean? Like you don't want to offend anyone. So you want to keep that that strength and that energy up. Um, you know what? Actually, like this is so off the topic, but like the coolest thing I've ever heard. This lady the other day said, I train to be independent for as long as possible. And I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. She's like, I'm not training to be like thin. I'm not training to have big glutes. Like I'm not training for any trends. She's like, I want to be independent for as long as possible. I want to be 95 and be able to do everything, squat down, clean. Like I'm training. And I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. That is the coolest thing I've ever heard. Because that's our biggest fear, right? That we won't won't be able to take care of ourselves. So take the step now. Yeah, I loved it. What do you... um, what do you see that's changed in you and changed in your approach since you started out? And what do you still think is true? Like, like I'd like to know both of those things. What I still think is true and what I've stuck to the whole time is have something that if, if you can't maintain it and sustain it for the rest of your life, don't do it. So if it's like a quick, quick fix and a fad and it doesn't actually teach you anything, educate you or help you, your body learn, then don't do it. That's like the thing that I've stuck to, healthy, balanced diet, training program that you can do forever. Then things that like I have learned or been um, that I've changed is just like, like I said before, I've just been way more understanding. Like I used to punish mums for being five minutes late to my sessions by doing burpees. And I would have, I would listen to none of their excuses. They're like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, nope, five minutes late. You're doing burpees. Let's go. I would do that as a mom like I'm like if I actually took a second before being an absolute mole and saying 
but I would, like I would have heard my kids sick like I like was stuck in traffic I had to drop the kids off like blah, blah, like I would be fine now but like back in the day I was like no I don't want to hear it let's go birth it's like oh yeah, but it's impossible to understand life stages and still, until you get in them. I mean, I used to work I used to work with women who'd say, I have to leave early. And I think, great, like you get to leave early because you have to go pick up. You know, I'm the one who has to stay because I don't have kids. Like you can't really understand until you get to the stage. It's hard. Totally good. Yeah, you get to. So lucky you get to leave and say, no, I want to stay. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's- <laughs> Yeah, if they had their choice. Um, and what uh, what have you changed your, what have you changed? Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's what you've changed your mind about. And what has been true is that um, it should be for the rest of your life. That's so those two. Okay. Okay. Now, fitness influencers, you're kind of like an original fitness influencer. It's gotten like, uh, it's gotten. I, so that, okay. How do you is, I'm like, like, it's kind of touchy subject because like, I view myself as a personal trainer athlete, but people like to call me a fitness influencer. And I just feel like when you step into a fitness influencer space, it's a very different space than a person who wants to be taken very seriously and professionally in the job that they originally were in. Like fitness influencers are amazing because they collaborate with brands. They might not be an actual trainer, but they train themselves and um, they give advice on like, you know, things that they're loving at the moment. It could be anything from like what bands they like to what gyms they like to what skincare they use to like what water bottles they have. And they partner with brands and they and they gain um, money and their income from that. Whereas a personal trainer is a person who has trained people in a gym, in boot camps, one-on-one, like being broke as hell, like going to people's houses try, like do you know what I mean and and then to be called a fitness influencer I'm like nah. no I just there's like a lot of stuff happening in the fitness industry right now and I just feel that in in some ways it's 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 hyper sexualized and um I understand that that is in a way what can get views and what can get likes but there's vanity vanity metrics and it doesn't actually serve a purpose and make people or women feel good about themselves and and educate them and which is what i want to be so like i get like a bit yeah. okay i'm sorry i called you a fitness influencer I mean, no you're fine you're fine successful business woman and then you get lumped into that what uh, bothers you when you look on social media now in that realm what do you what would you like people to be aware of and careful of definitely be aware of if the but when when you're looking at someone and, and you're gaining advice from someone just make sure that they've actually had experience with it like it doesn't matter what industry they're in. Just like make sure they've had one-on-one experience with people. Like there, there are cosmetic surgeons now that aren't actually cosmetic surgeons, but they they speak like they are. Like, and it's like, or there are you know um, doctors that are not doctors or not quite, or they're just studying. Like really, just like just be cautious of who you're following and how it makes you feel. Like if you're feeling envious or you're feeling bad about yourself or. Um, you feel like you're not good enough after you watch their videos and maybe unfollow. Mm. Yeah. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with the everything to on social media that the pull, the gravitational pull, the negativity, uh, that the daily mail saying that you got your daughter hair and makeup. How does that, how do you deal with all that? I just laugh because, like, I think that if you've followed me for so long, because I've been around for so long, I'm the same person. And because I have, like, I come from a really good family, um, I have them to, like, ground. I'm not ground me, but you know what I mean? Like, make me feel whole. So I don't need 
to like be validated by others. I don't need the attention. I don't need, I honestly am just living my life and doing what I love most, which is helping people. Like I help people online, but like I will literally like go to your, if you right now, like see the stuff in the background of your video right now, you have it like a tipped over. I would come to your house and like, I would rearrange that all to be like a nice home gym for you. If you were like, Kayla, I need your help. I'd be like, yeah, no worries. I got like an hour in my day. Like I'm going to come over right now. We're going to like sort it all out. Like I love just helping people with things. I think people can feel that when they see my social media. And that's probably why I've retained my following, why I continue to grow. Cause they're just like, I'm someone you can trust with anything. Do you know what I mean? In yeah. that space. Put me in the middle of like a nightclub and I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> never been. <laughs> You've never liked any of that stuff. No. Everyone, the, the other day someone said, you should come to our, what do they say? Um, something party. They called it a certain party. And my other friend put my hand and lent in and goes, she's not going to go. Even if she says she's going to go, she's not going to go. I was like, I, I won't go. But I, I, if you want me to say yes, they're like, just say yes and don't show up. I said, Yes. <laughs> So no party, you don't like partying, you don't like going, no. I don't drink. I don't drink. So as soon as I can't match your energy, I'm out. Okay. Tell me about this not drinking. How did that get started? Or did you so, never start? Oh, no, no. I like, like as soon as you can, you have the ability to drink and like you're a young kid, you're like, yes, I'm going out with like clubbing with my friends. And then like, I think I have a a very confident personality and then I would go out with my friends and they wouldn't have as much confidence and then they would drink and then suddenly it would be like this, I would be hanging around with other people. It's like I didn't, I don't really know these people that I'm that I'm with and they would say things and do things and I was like, hold on, like now I feel awkward. Like I feel weird. Like I don't, I don't know what you're saying and why are you doing that? Like I don't know. It's, something, it's, it's a me problem. It's an energy problem. Like oh. I just feel automatically like, I can't match your energy and I don't understand what you're saying. And even though I was drinking, I felt like I didn't change as much as the people that I was with. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to drink. And then um, I played basketball and just didn't suit my lifestyle. Then when I was like 18, 19, I was like, I'm done with this. You were <laughs> like, you were such a leader because there's this whole sober curious movement now when people are quitting drinking and talking all about what it's like and it's for these reasons a lot of the time yeah and then there's i mean i've watched heaps of videos i, I don't know why i get served this stuff maybe because i don't drink and i say stuff like i don't drink alcohol and it hears the word alcohol and it tells me like anyway so people are talking about things like getting anxiety after they're drunk the next day and like um feeling super depressed the next day and then talking about which alcohols either hide in their mood or like make them feel super angry. I'm like, oh, this is so interesting because I don't have any of those stories, but I like, I enjoy listening to these people talk about it. My friend, like and this, and another thing is people lie. So like my friend said, oh, like I'm done. It's making me feel really sick, blah, 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 blah. It lasted three days. I was drinking again on the weekend. I was like, I can't trust you people. Right. It was not for reasons like or anything like that. No, I've been that person though. And then you, you think I don't have a problem with it, but I'm going to stop. But then you can't stop. So that is kind of a problem if you can't just stop doing something for a while. And what about in workouts? What do you see when people drink pretty regularly and how it affects their health and fitness and wellness? Massively. It massively affects their fitness. Like as a trainer, it was like Mondays was the worst because like, it's like Saturday night you'd go out, Sunday night you're hungover, 
And then Monday you feel like absolute junk because of Saturday night. And then like it'd be like cancellation after cancellation after cancellation. So I was like, Monday is my worst day. I'm not booking anyone until like five o'clock at night. Like, or I book in my super like, like people that don't drink, like really dedicated clients. Um, but yeah, just super, it just affects your routine because you don't want to train because you feel like crap and your body's trying to filter out all this poison that you put in it. And it's just, again, I'm not against drinking. I come from a Greek family who drinks ouzo. Like, like yeah, I'm not against it. hundred percent. If you want to have a drink, do it. But for me, there's no point. Do you think you're going to be doing this until you are 90? How long do you think you're going to keep doing that? No, because I'm not like, it's not like something that I'm actively, like it's not a job. It's like my life. So yeah, like probably like I just, I'm, I'm literally living. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> like I'm doing it, but I'm not doing it. Like I don't get paid to do this. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I just live. This is my lifestyle. And it's not super, like, people, like, example, like, I go to photo shoots and stuff and they're like, oh, like, we provided you lunch and it's like a kale salad. I'm like, oh, what am I meant to do with this? They're like, oh, what did you want to eat? I was like, a burger? Like, pasta? Something that I can, like, function with this David? They're like, oh, I thought you only ate, like, kale salads. I'm like, I'd rather stay with my eyelids to the floor than eat this kale salad. Do you know what I mean? My lifestyle is not, like, ultra healthy vibes it's just eat good food work out drink some coffee <laughs> uh <laughs> i'm just interested in what you see on social media that bothers you like yeah i'll tell you something that bothers me and i've talked about this so many times the rise of like drugs like ozempic like the rise of that crap the people that are taking it don't need to be taking it they're absolutely beautiful the way that they are and they're putting this this basically a pill version of an eating disorder in their body, which make they're like, oh, but I just don't eat. I'm like, oh. you, and then they talk about all this stuff. Like, oh, but if you don't, if you take um, things like Ozempic, then you get like Ozempic butt. I'm like, what does that mean? And they're like, when your butt's super saggy, I'm like, do you know what happens when you don't eat? You become saggy because you're not eating. Like. You have no protein to build your muscles. Like you're not going to the gym. Like you're just sitting down at a desk and wasting away. Like, do you understand like how much for the price of like being thin? Like that just makes me so sad. And like some of these women, you look at them and they just didn't need it. They're so beautiful the way they are. Like no one's looking, no one's looking that close. It's so you just screw up your life. For you to, it's so weird because it came out of nowhere the pill that could the pill everyone was wanting like the drug that everyone wanted it came but out why of you don't eat like like uh, that that to me doesn't make and you know what it is maybe because I don't drink like I don't go out I don't take drugs I don't have anything to like I don't have this like height like hide and drop hide and drop so I like I rely so much on food for my happiness so like when I eat I want to eat good food. And like when I exercise, I want to do good workouts. Like I want everything in my life to be good. And the, the Ozempic is the furthest thing from good in my mind. Like imagine a whole day of just not eating. Like, like what? Like I literally might as well just put me in jail. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I literally feel like I'm in jail. So like I'll just go sit in jail. Yeah. And I'm always, when you take it, 
I've never, I haven't taken it. I wouldn't take it, but if you did take it, then you have to keep taking it. As I understand, you sort of have to keep taking it. Like, where's the scientist? Like, where is like the nutritionist that tells you, like, if you are lower the amount of food that you eat for a long period of time, your body will just like rest at that amount. So when you go and eat like a normal person, a normal amount of calories, your body's like, oh, wow, you're overeating. And then you're going to gain weight so rapidly. And then you're going to go in this cycle, this horrendous cycle where your body can't work out how much food you should be eating because you screwed yourself up so badly. Like this is this is horrendous. Like it's so much further than just taking this tablet or whatever that whatever it, I don't even know what it is. I actually should do more research before I open my mouth. There's different forms. That- There's different brand names. Um, but I think it all comes back to semi-glutide, which is the, the drug. It's an injection. I think it's an injection. It's an injection. It's an injection. That's what I mean. Like it's so much more to ignore the tablet thing because I don't know what I'm talking about. But like there's so many layers to this. Like as soon as well, you it do does that, seem like a magic pill, but it's a yeah, it doesn't matter. It's an injection. But um it's just a little bit crazy because I think if you're very, very, very overweight and you can't shift weight, there might be an, an application on that top end to sort of lose weight there to help those people that really can't get it going. But you've worked with people like that. You've this worked- is not about that though. This is so not about that. This is like, that is like a medical, like a doctor prescribes you, analyzes you and like, where are these people getting it from? But then again, where do people get street drugs from? Like, it's the same place. And it's like, what actually is it? And what are you actually putting in your body? Like, do you know that it is? that? that okay, so that, in a nutshell, is my 2022-2023 brain. Like, I will go on a tangent about it. And I don't even know enough about it because I refuse. Mm. I just know what it does. And I'm like, you know what? No. Just, you're, you're not a candidate for this. You are beautiful the way you are. You do not need to take that. It's also creating a new body, desirable body shape that is unattainable, which is sort of what we dealt with, with the heroin chic look of the supermodels. That was my time, right? And I mean, it's creating that sort of unattainable shape because you unattainable and undesirable in a way, because it's not about muscle or strength or being able to take care of yourself when you're 90. Yes, you can't, especially when you have two kids like me. Like, you need to be able to run. <laughs> like, run. Like, I put my kid in a walker today and he ran towards the staircase. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I don't have any muscle for this stuff. Like, yeah, but you know what? I also say when I talk about this, like, people turn around to me and say, that's easy for you to say because you are genetically small. So you don't know what it feels like to want to look like me so for me it's hard for me to put on muscle it's hard for me to get bum i've i've gone through my whole career with no boobs no bum but still i am where i am because i'm not trying to fit in with trying to be curvy or trying to be this or trying to be that and maybe that's why i have such a strong opinion because i just work out but then again people can turn around and say but you're genetically small so but i've also had two kids and i also have a business and i also do so many other things but pick where you want (laughs) We hear a lot about biohacking these days. Are you are you into any biohacking things? Are you ice bathing, uh, infrared sauna, eating mushrooms? What do you are you into any of these things that a lot of people follow? This Andrew Huberman, he's a Stanford neuroscientist, and everyone likes to talk about what he's doing. Do you do any of that stuff? Do you need to do any of that stuff? Do you think? 
I'll tell you things I have attempted. I have attempted ice baths. I thought my ankle was going to break in the bath. It was so painful. I never want to do it again. But I probably will. I have an ice bath. I just have never, I haven't even unboxed the ice, ice bath. Um, I just literally put ice in my bath to do the first one. Um, infrared saunas, I agree with, but I do not have one. And I'm too, I, I don't have enough patience to do an infrared sauna. I love castor oil. I don't know if that's a thing. Tell me. But I, I put that, I just rub, I rub that on my belly on like, just like try and massage my stomach when I have really bad endo pains. I read that somewhere once. I take, um, what do I take? Supplements do I take? I'm on, I take Nutrafol supplements for my hair, which I think are working. I take CMOS. That's a thing, like tablets. Um, what else do I do? Biohacking. Is that what it's called? Supplements. And yeah, just all the extra stuff. All the extra stuff that you I just yeah a lot the extra like, stuff yeah. that a lot of people sorry to drop the extra stuff that a lot of people obsess about when sometimes they're not doing the basic stuff I, I find that yeah that's what I was gonna say the other day like someone I watched this video about like how she gets up and she does this and she does that and I was like how do you have so much time like I don't have time for I don't even have time for infrared sauna I barely have time to stretch after my workout sessions but maybe that's because like I have kids and I prioritize them. Where do but, you get yeah. your workouts? When they're at daycare. Like, and I'm also lucky because I have like the sweat gym that Sweat owns to film in so I can work out in there, which is a private facility, or I've got like a public gym so accessible to me, like so close to me that I can train it. And I know what I'm doing. Sorry, one second. My phone keeps ringing. Um, yeah, so um, that's when I finish my workout. It's only half an hour, so I get it done. Okay. Maybe one more question, but I forgot what it was. Bear with me. Mm. My gosh. Oh, I see a lot of videos of women working out with their babies and their kids. And I... <laughs> how? How? You tell me how, how you do that. So yesterday... I also saw a video of a lady doing glute hip thrusts with her kid. And I was like, you know what, Jax, you can't walk and you are chunky as you'd be the perfect kettlebell that's soft. And it was the greatest thing that I ever did. I just went off the couch, like put my back on the couch, like a, you know what glute bridges are with a big yeah barbell. And I put him on me instead. It was the best thing. I wish he was at my gym sessions just for that particular exercise. Otherwise I would like working out with my kids is insanity. Anna, mum, mummy, mummy, mummy. This this is orange. Yep. Cool. That's my kids. Well, oh, it's great. Well, okay, we're so excited about you coming. Uh, when you're in Dubai, is there anything in particular you like to do? Do you like to go work out at certain places, eat certain places? Wait, have you? You're not in Dubai, right? I'm in Abu Dhabi. No, you're lying. Okay, I have questions for you. Yes. I have so many questions for you. Can I interview you for like two minutes? How is the gym situation there? Are women welcome in gyms? Because the last time we was in Dubai, it was such a weird vibe that women were like, had to ask permission from their families. So many women I spoke to had to ask permission from their families to be able to go to a public gym. 
Normal uh, or not, women in gyms. Local women, you mean local women. Yeah, local women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is still that is still the situation. There's a lot of ladies only gyms that you probably wouldn't find in Australia. I think for that reason. There still are women who have someone go with them, like a family staff member that will go with them to the to the gym. It's less and less, though, I would say in the time. I've been lived here for 15 years. I would say less and less. Do you see that? Okay. All right. Yeah. There's a lot more women's only classes here and in Dubai for that reason. So, and if you, I see, love that. if you see like... You know, it's, it's, it's more rare to, it's still more rare to see an Emirati woman who is going to CrossFit mixed classes, who is on social media with the fitness. So so I'll tell you this story. So my clients back in the day, so I started, I had a personal training center, right? At my my parents' backyard. And my first clients that I truly loved that I kept for a long time were Muslim and they would come because my dad on school holidays would be like mowing the lawns and outside. So they would come like fully covered and it would be hot, but they would like cover literally every part of the body. And I totally respect that headscarf, everything. And I would train them and they would, they would leave. And then sometimes when my dad was there, they didn't want to come at all, which was like, just, it was just what they did. And they brought their family members and they were all Muslim. So I had all Muslim and I got asked so many times if I could train guys. And the reason that I only train women and still to this day was because of that family. There was like 25 of them. And I was like, I can only ever train women. And I only ever stuck to that. And that was the actual real reason that I did women's only because everyone else trained with trained dudes. And I was like, nah, because if I train guys, I won't be able to have my clients. So there, there is also a really uh, healthy, but probably unseen uh, uh, personal trainer environment, environment for personal trainers. Like there's a lot of personal trainers who come here and only do that, only train people in their homes for that very reason. Yeah. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. Actually, it's, it's interesting that you saw that in, in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never said that before because everyone's like, how come only women? I was like, oh. But I was like, that's actually, like, I've never said that out loud. I'm like, that's actually the reason because I didn't want my clients to feel uncomfortable. Wow. You might, have had, you might have had a whole platform for men and women if you had Because of that family, I was like, nah, because then I'll lose my clients. Because I said to them, would you ever train here? Like, if the guys came, they said no. And I was like, you know what? Fine. I want to train guys. And you know what's interesting is... You had a window into, because a lot of the world will see, see that or hear that and think, oh, those women are very oppressed. And you kind of had a view that I wouldn't say they were oppressed. That's just sort of the way their religion and culture is. It's just the way it yeah. is. Yeah. And I, I, I totally respected that. And I didn't want to lose them. So I was like, huh, whatever you want. So that's actually like the real reason I didn't, never um, I never trained guys because of them. I don't, I don't know if I like saying it, though. Some people like me, 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 but whatever. That's really interesting. Well, I mean, I think that's what you were meant to do. So those people were meant to come into your life. It would yeah. have been a whole different thing. Imagine if your platform had dudes. It was to fo- focus. I cannot time. even imagine that. <laughs> that would be, yeah, sadly disappointed in my content in 2023. Well, listen, thank you so much for speaking to me about everything. It's great to talk to you and, and meet you face to face. I can't wait to see you in Dubai. Yes. And uh, yeah, I'm going to, 
get back to doing your workouts. They're tough. No, you're not. You don't believe me? No. I'm going to send a video through the PR. Uh, look, I, since that injury, I have not worked out hard. I've been a walker and a weightlifter. I think you should do my boot camp. You think so? Yeah. And will it only be 28 minutes? Yes. You know what? That is a good goal. That is a good goal for me. It's a goal. It's been a goal for you. It's a goal for me. Because as soon as you said boot camp, I, I was thinking there is no way I'm doing that. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna do it. I think you should do it. I'll I provide modifications in the boot camp area. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do your boot camp. I'm gonna do it. With the I want the glasses on. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna take them off. How will I see you from the whole crowd? I'll be like, there she is. Yeah, you'll be able to see me with my new glasses. Okay, you're a delight to speak to. Thank you so much. And thanks for what you've done for women around the world and for speaking to us here at Live Healthy. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'll see you in Dubai. See you in Dubai. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast.